by now we have a factory of ideas that it's very efficient. For example, the first RCT, uh, randomized control trial that we wanted to run, it took about six months to get it authorized and, and get it done. And it was shaved during that period because everybody was kind of like afraid of what we were trying to do. And we didn't have surprising results. By now, it takes us about 48 hours from the time that we think of the thing and we deploy, and then we have all the right algorithms to measure. And then the things that are successful, we scale them up using causal machine learning algos. And it's really a thinking machine that has been built. And for that, you need people with the backgrounds more closer to social psychology, mm -hmm. behavioral economics. And then you also need the people that know about computer science, artificial intelligence, and uh, that also know about experimental techniques to understand what is the true causality of interventions that we're running. I wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading data specialist recruitment business. They are experts in recruitment strategy and delivery for analytics and data teams. They are the go-to recruitment business for all your data roles in Australia, and they can help both with permanent hires and short-term project-focused data resources. I've used Talent Insights in the past, and I've always found them fantastic to work with. Visit them at talentinsights.com.au. Introducing an exclusive new webinar series on advancing AI. It's available only online, It won't be released through the podcast, but you can join live to these webinars. So join us over breakfast from February to April by signing up in the link in the show notes. We will be interviewing leaders in the data and AI space. They will guide you through the hype and maze of technology to achieve the business transformation we all want from AI. Whether you're looking to leverage AI to optimize the customer experience or to improve your business operations, this series underpins the core elements crucial to your company's AI strategy. Featuring guests from around the globe, including people from companies like NAB, Finair, Woodside, etc. Check out the schedule, sign up through the link in the show notes or visit datafuturology.com for more information. I'm super excited to bring you this new series. Hope to see you there. Welcome everyone to another episode of Data Futurology, where we speak with leaders and executives in the machine learning, AI, and data science space to discuss the issues and the challenges that everyone who is leading these areas is facing. And we seek to bring you points of views, experience, and insights from these people from all, all over the world. My name is Felipe Flores. I am your host. And today we have a very special guest all the way from Mexico. He's Jose Murillo. He's the Chief Analytics Officer at Grupo Financiero by Norte, which is, I believe, Mexico's biggest bank. Is that right? Hello, Felipe. I'm delighted to be here with you today and uh, with your audience. And uh, Banorte is actually the second largest uh, financial group in Mexico. And pre-pandemia, we were the most profitable one. Wow. And it's... Um, An organization that's over 100 years years old, um, 100% Mexican-owned, and um, and you've been there for, I think, about seven or eight years. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's right. I've been there for a little bit more than seven years. Amazing. Amazing. And um, could you tell us a little bit about your uh, about your role in the organization and and how your, your tenure has been so far? Yeah, sure. I've uh, joined Panorte after a... Uh, uh, a long tenure at the central bank. 
where I worked at the research department. And, uh, and I joined with the idea of creating this uh, analytics data science business unit mm-hmm. and uh, took uh, a little bit of time to get it organized. But it was something that was quite unique at the time in the sense that it was created as a business unit with specific targets that we needed to meet. Mm. And, uh, and that's in sharp contrast what, uh, what I think it prevails in most of the, of the industries that our uh, analytics and data science teams are basically cost centers. So yes. that was uh, something that was quite differently, different. And, uh, and so far, so good. We've... Uh, the, the model has proven to be successful. And as, and as I said, when I joined, uh, Banorto was the fourth largest uh, financial group. And, uh, and uh, through a lot of the transformational efforts that we have gone through, uh, we were able to leapfrog international competitors such as Santander and Citibank wow. to become the second largest. And, uh, and uh, we have been... Uh, Pre-pandemia, as I said, the most profitable, and uh, I think after the after we're getting back there, and I think we're still the, the most profitable. I'm not really sure, but uh, but I'm sure that uh, we're getting back on track. That's incredible. That is incredible. And tell me, tell me about the the early um, setup of of the capability in the organization. I love the 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 decision to make it a, a business unit with with its own um, metrics and and goals to to achieve. Um, what what were some of those goals and and how did you get there? That's a very good question and uh, and which actually uh, uh, it's quite deep on how do you establish the success metrics hmm. and uh, the way that it worked is that uh, and probably a lot of firms that are going through this with the intention of of transforming into a data enhanced organization, they uh, there's no not a single view within within a company, and I think at the time there was a forward uh, thinking camp that thought that it was the way to go, but after all, Banorte, as you said, it's a 130 plus years institution mm-hmm. that uh, survived and growth and, and had grown uh, through muscle and uh, uh, acquisitions, mergers, and uh, but somehow the the model was was in decline. The profitability was going downwards, and uh, as I said, I, I was coming from from the central bank, so I was mm. tenured as all the other central bankers there, and I suddenly moved to to the private sector with uh, different rules of, of engagement, and mm. and uh, and and suddenly uh, they the idea was to build these data science, and I think that it was. Uh, a blessing in disguise at the time in, in the sense that uh, they funded the, the group. And I think there was still some doubts of what would be the yield of you're going to bring people that are quite different mm. from what the group used to have. And they asked me, well, yeah, we're going to fund it. But uh, in, in a year time, you need to, to deliver 10 times your cost. And it seemed quite steep. Yeah, uh, 10 times. <laughs> Because, because for a traditional business, they are asking three times their cost, mm, mm. what they were asking at the time three times. To make a long story short, on the first year, uh, I made 46 times uh, the cost. What? And, and last year, we were close to 250 times our cost with an increasing base. What? So, so, so it's, it, 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 
kind of like the fact of being a business center focus forces you to focus on on uh, projects that have a high yield return on investment mm. forces you to measure what you're doing and by measuring you're understanding what where do you need to focus and what you have done right and and to to be accountable on uh, on how you're employing the resources so so that's the, that's the way that we started and you know it's with these things there's a lot of luck in you know there's mm. you, you tend to you you, you tend to, to to kind of kind to uh attribute or to assign uh the thing to your own talents, but there's, there's, uh, I think a lot of luck that, and I think at least of three things. The first one was that, uh, the group was really willing to, to transform. There was mm. this willingness, although there was not a single view at the time. Mm. The second is that I was where the group was reporting to a, to, uh, to a person that had a lot of business knowledge and kind of like direct us, to where there were uh, money pockets where we could really uh, use uh, analytics, and 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 at the beginning you don't have all the, you know, the the data and the technology that you're mm. using. They're still in uh, on on their way of being uh, implemented. And I think the third one was that, uh, as I said, that we were built to deliver profits, and I, I think mm. that helped us to focus on things that were valuable to the organization and, and to be accepted because you were bringing value. Yeah, definitely. That is, ah, that is a fantastic focus. And, and to, to have it from, from right from the start, I think, I think it's amazing. Um, and tell me, how was, how was that first year between sort of starting and, and getting to the 46 times the, um, the return for, for the cost of the team? How how is that in terms of um, building the team, deciding which areas to focus on in the business? How is how is the the journey of that first year? I think my 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 views have evolved through time on on what's the right team to have, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a lot of effort and a lot of decision to to make things happen. But we had a lot of luck. We had a good partner on on we uh, we were directed to. Uh, to businesses that we uh, that we could really transform, mm-hmm. and they were willing to be uh, to to undertake the journey with us, and uh, and so we focused initially on the credit card business, mm-hmm. and uh, and the, the initial group that were ten uh, highly qualified uh, quant- quantitative people, a couple of them with uh, deep business knowledge also in on banking. And the first project that we undertook was to optimize research requirements on uh, credit cards. Mm-hmm. And that was, it, it, it was a beautiful project in the sense that when you do, you know, optimizing costs has a limit, but uh, there's a zero bound. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but at the end of the day, it's something that ev- you, it, when you do it, you can prove it to everyone. It's, you reduce the cost. So uh, the, the, the accountants from the company can go and, and, and really say that what you're saying is true. And it's something that when you execute it, it's mm. immediate. Mm. It's different from revenue generating projects that have a, 
that probably the, the yields are going to be seen in about 10 years. Mm. And that mm. gets me back to the question on, on what's the metric on that, that you said, on, that you asked me, what's the, the key metrics that you use mm. for, and, 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 and the way that we are measuring, there are three types of projects. Those that, that are uh, cutting the costs, reducing costs, and those are measured by the contemporaneous effect on, on, uh, on the cost structure. When you talk about risks and, and when you talk about financials, that's something that you uh, estimate the, the value of, uh, of the net present value of whatever you have done and operationally contemporaneous effect. More interesting is how we're measuring revenue generating projects. Mm. And those are measured through the, through the impact that you're having on the metric that we agreed on is the impact on the lifetime value of your customers. And, and so that requires a big leap of faith in the sense that you didn't have estimations of the, of the lifetime value of the customers. And some of those estimates were based on, on coefficients that were pre-interventions that you were conducting. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and a lot of those benefits are going to come through time. So, so it's, it's a little bit more complicated there. And then when you have a, uh, one of these teams within a, a company, there are different uh, uh, requirements for kind of like internal consulting. And the way that we, use, mm -hmm. since we're a, a profit center, we need to, uh, to assign a cost for the time that we're devoting to projects mm -hmm. that are not reducing costs or, or generating revenue. So uh, we price the time that we are uh, devoting to relevant uh, and important uh, studies or, or, or projects that need to be taken care of, but not necessarily have a, an, an immediate impact on the, or clear impact on the, on the company. That is, yeah, that is incredible. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so, so impressed with the, how you're able to explain the subtleties um, so, so well and really um, bring, bring to life and make it so clear for things that, that people don't usually uh, think about when, when setting up these, these teams and, and make them, making them a profit center and having such a huge business impact. It's, um, yeah, it is, it is very, very impressive. Um, and tell me why, why did you choose to, to start on the, on the credit card side out of, out of, out of, you know, so many, so many areas to, to focus on. Um, um, yeah. How, how was it that yeah, you ended up starting there? That's a, quite a good question, but, uh, and let me be very, very honest. I was a bit overwhelmed when they told me that, mm. uh, that I needed to, to make 10 times my cost in, mm. in a year. And, uh, and I was a bit reluctant to, to really to kind of like accept the, the challenge, mm. to, to be very honest. Yeah. And, uh, and my boss told me, you know, you, you're not going to have a problem. You should just go and look at the, the amount of reserves that we have on, uh, on, on the credit card business. Mm. And, uh, and you'll be fine. And 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 so that, that was kind of like he knew what were the where were the the the, the money pockets within the company, mm. and and the second thing is that the, the the you know it's it seems that let's not be kind of like naive when everybody might think well you have a bunch of new data scientists and everybody's going to be delighted and and be very very much willing to work with them. And 
that's not necessarily true. Everybody has, you know, they already have their own external consultants. They have their list of priorities that they want to work on. And, uh, and, and when I picked credit cards, it was kind of like a, a group that was willing to, uh, to work with us. And, uh, and that year that they worked with us, that, that, that very first project increased their profitability on, the, on, on the, that year, 25%. And it had recurring wow. benefits on on, on 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 the following years, and uh, and so that kind of like we had a champion that was very happy with you know immediate results, and then was willing to invest in more medium term projects that ha- would take a little bit more time mm. to uh, to mature, and that was like the second big big project that we had and uh, in in the sense that uh, we uh, we made an analytic redesign of the, the cross-sell process for credit cards mm-hmm. now now my team is kind of like uh, through the the analytics efforts we are uh, selling about half of the credit cards the company was is, is selling when uh, some years ago it was zero so it's yeah. uh, and 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 from there we it, it was kind of easier to to get new new people interested on uh, you know other business leaders to get interested in analytics and 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 try their hand in in how they could uh, improve their own businesses. That's great. That is fantastic. And and um, how important do you think was that? Um, how important was it to choose a um, a a process that that drives revenue? as a first project um, instead of going for, for something that uh, lowers risk or, or lowers cost? How, how important do you think it was the, the revenue um, or the project that adds revenue by, by redesigning the, the cross-sell uh, workflow? I, I think it's, uh, it's crucial to, uh, because as I said, you, you kind of like gain credibility by by showing the results, mm. and and in that sense, I think it's 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 very important. And and the fact that they were huge and and big results that kind of like gives patience for for other things that are that that have uh, higher yields, but you know they are more require much more work, and 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 it will come through time, and that you need to invest in. And that people are willing to 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 invest their time in 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 your ideas. I guess that's uh, the basis of capitalism: having uh, other people willing to work on on your ideas. That is, yeah, that is that is incredible. Um, yeah, I'm I am yeah I'm so impressed. <laughs> and um, so where 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 did the the team and the capability? Where did you guys go from there? We have really evolved to a much more uh, diverse uh, team that has a more kind of like a, a wider uh, arc of knowledge in, in, in some sense. Mm. And uh, and uh, initially, you think that a lot of the people that are like you are great great hires, and and yeah, it, it could be. But but also, you what I found is that uh, that that you that you can really have a big impact with a diverse uh, group of people that have uh, different 
backgrounds, knowledges, genders, and uh, and uh, I will tell you the one one of the things I'm, I'm really happy with is that we were able. By now, we have a factory of ideas that it's very efficient. For example, the first RCT, a randomized control trial that we wanted to run, it took about six months to get it authorized and, and get it done. And it was shaved during that period because everybody was kind of like afraid of what we were trying to do. And we didn't have surprising results. By now, it takes us about 48 hours from the time that we think of the thing and we deploy, and then we have all the right algorithms to measure. And then the things that are successful, we scale them up using causal machine learning algos. And it's really a thinking machine that has been built. And for that, you need people with the backgrounds more closer to social psychology, mm-hmm. behavioral economics. And then you also need the people that know about computer science, artificial intelligence, and uh, that also know about experimental techniques to understand what is the true causality of interventions that you're running. So it's, it's uh, in that sense, the, the team has, has kind of evolved to be, a, to have a, a kind of like a broader thinking on, on, on to approach problems. Yeah, that is... Um... That is amazing, and 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 yeah, I my my guess was that uh, you had been able to to create um, very efficient operational processes to deliver the projects, and that and that you had been building a uh, a technological capability that that allowed for for an increase of speed, uh, a measurement of results. Um, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I sort of was getting the hint that that would be a really important backbone to be able to, to not only um, scale the efforts but to scale the the results even even faster. Because as your as your costs uh, and your team have increasing has been increasing, um, your your revenue impact and the savings for the organization is increasing even even faster. So, um, yeah, what what is your um, if, if you could tell us a bit more about um, either, let's go for the um, operational processes first around around the, the project deliverables. How, how is that structured for you guys? So the, the, the way that we uh, uh, are structured, there's uh, uh, working very close with, all, with us, but it's something that we don't, uh, we're able to kind of like uh, uh, not worry too much about it. It's... Uh, the, you know, for this thing to work, you need data, technology, and brains. Mm. So you have a chief data officer that is really good at, at what he does. Uh, he uh, he's completely independent, autonomous, but and and we coordinate very well on what we need. But he kind of like uh, is worried about the data. We are also worried about uh, getting new sources of data, and and mm. and that's where we need that communication with him on the technology front we are uh, it's something that again the success gives you a, a, a louder voice in which investments you need and uh, and allows you to uh, to have much better technology and uh, and uh, and that's we've been fortunate enough that uh, a lot of the that we have a lot of the the, the nice tools to be able to exploit the data. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and regarding the brains, we are uh, uh, 
again, it's when when you're starting, it's hard to attract. Uh, you know, you're you're attracting some of the people you knew from different paths of life, and mm. and some of them believe in you in, in the project. But it's still a big gamble when uh, when you're starting off. But when it's it it's already uh, something that it's established a proven track record, uh, then you are able to 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 attract top talent, and, and you can go at a faster pace with you know the the smarter the people are. And and now we are able here in Mexico to recruit uh, the best uh, the best uh, students from the best universities in their disciplines, and we're very happy for for that. And so you have it's we're completely separate data technology and analytics. The three groups are reporting to the chief uh, operating financial and financial officer mm-hmm. for the corporation. Mm-hmm. So that helps uh, helps align a lot of the staff groups. To uh, to to really deliver value, and so that's something I think that's also a, a big question that has not been yet solved on where should I allocate these type of groups and and uh, should uh, data science analytics report to technology to marketing to a uh, product, and for us it has worked very well uh, the fact that. Uh, that it's allocated with the chief operating and financial officer. Mm. And uh, it has given us a lot of empowerment to do the things, the transformational kind of business that uh, data science uh, is. And uh, we are a group. Uh, also something that has helped us, and I have to acknowledge that, is that uh, the CRM, uh, it's part of the analytics team. So a lot of mm-hmm. the... The idea is that we are part of the speed on which we are able to deliver a lot of the, the interventions and tests that we are running is because we have a control of the CRM and, and, and all the alternate and digital channels for the company. And so that's even though you have a lot of uh, checks and balances on what you're saying, but you have the muscle to, uh, to deploy the, the interventions. And... Uh, and so I, I think it's a close coordination between these uh, uh, data technology uh, slash innovation and ana- analytics, data science, mm. and uh, and the fact that you are placed, in, you, you are at the right place within the organization. I am so impressed <laughs> because um, you are, um, yeah, the fact that you're running an experimentation platform um, inside inside a large bank um it's 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 something you know taken out of somewhere like facebook or google in terms of the the experimentation um you know uh, starting with with small with small cohorts running the randomized control trials uh look at the the causality of the interventions and scale um scale accordingly to the to the success and then and then be, becomes as you said an idea factory and and you know it's it's not um it moves away which is which is something amazing to see in a large institution that has been established for over 100 years the the this experimentation platform that you've built moves it away from um from ideas coming through um the political clout that people might have uh, and getting those ideas, you know, being prioritized and done first. And, and you've effectively been able to move the organization to for, for almost anyone's ideas to be able to be tested. And then the best ideas are the ones that 
um, that you know get get scaled out to to the public. Is that is that right? You are making an excellent point. At, at the end of the day, the whole point is that if you have an organization of twenty seven thousand people, mm. you don't want only one brain to be thinking. You want to really profit to, from all the brain power that the organization has. And for that, you need to really tame the hypo, the highest paid person opinion. But it's so prevalent in lots of organizations in, uh, in, uh, around the world. Mm. That, uh, and uh, and it's, it's, it's really, uh, you, you are able to, uh, to really establish and, and, and move forward with the best ideas. That is great. That is fantastic. And how was the how was the process of of building that experimentation platform um, for for you guys? Well, as I said, initially the first uh, initially it was a bit painful because uh, there was a lot of reluctance. Mm. And uh, when uh, there's uh, when you've never experimented in 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 a in a company, it seems that the short term objectives. Mm. Are at are are at um, are, are are yeah you know almost in contrast are, to are at, at odds yeah with mm. are at odds with the uh, with the uh, with the process of learning and perfecting what what you already know, and and that's the way why companies do things for twenty years and uh, and they never knew if it's something that it works or or or, or it doesn't or it, or or if the conditions changed. The fact that it worked, that, that something works. And so, uh, but, but I, there are a couple of things that I can tell you about the experimentation process. Uh, initially, I, I think I'll, part of it is the, to blame to us that the first experiment that we picked was so wrong. Mm. But then, but, uh, uh, and then we had, the, we built, and, and probably we're in the process of building our credibility. But now, but once we had credibility, we started to run the first experiments and it took us some time because we hadn't developed the algos to, to make automatic selections of the populations that were going to be treated or, or they were going to be used as controls. Mm. And we didn't, and, and it took time to measure the things because we hadn't built that infrastructure to make, make it quick. But, but we got some very interesting results that got the attention of everybody. And then we also needed to, 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 to build the council machine learning algo. So we didn't have all that infrastructure, but we had some really uh, interesting interventions that caught the attention of the company and thought, and, 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 the, and the company thought that it was something that it was, had the power of changing the dynamics of how we mm. were doing things and, uh, and, and, and being on a, on a continuous cycle of, of being perfecting what we were doing. And the final, the final, uh, thing that I can tell you about it. So it's, well, there are two things that I can tell you. A, a lot of the, the, the initial exercises that we, we ran were kind of like very much taken out of a, an academic book of, from behavioral science. And, uh, and we were running at scale experiments that were run in universities. And some of them were yeah. quite su successful, others not. But uh, something that there are two things that are, are uh, that after that. Uh, so we relied a lot in, in, uh, in built knowledge in academia. The second mm. thing is that once we applied it, you have limited resources. So we studied we did a meta-analysis on, on the on prior interventions that we ran to understand what worked. 
and if we had few bullets where we needed to use them. Mm, mm. And so that that also helped us to focus on what was more important. And the final piece is that from a from a from a position of probably a, of disbelief across the company, if this thing was going to to help, and why why you needed a control group and not run through all the population the intervention, mm, but. Mm. Uh, but the, you know that's kind of a lot of pushback. Then it was kind of a neutral stance. But the most important thing that I think that we did is that uh, when the pandemic started, we set up a, a, a workshop to help our, our business colleagues to have a, a, to further their understanding of what was data science about. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that really transform people from their neutral stance to become promoters and get excited with data science projects. Now we are running uh, that uh, second workshop and uh, we partner with one of my academic partners, uh, Duke University, the Center for Advanced Hindsight, who, who they are, they're teaching, the, 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 they're delivering the workshop. And, uh, and you won't believe it, but there are 240 people that are uh, connected to that workshop. Wow. Actually, we're running that workshop uh, in two hours. We're uh, in about two hours. We're going to have the, the the fourth session from that workshop on a week that we run on a, a weekly basis. Nice. And uh, and uh, it has people from across all the company from uh, from the business lines, from human resources. Uh, from you know you name it but uh, 240 top leaders within the organization and they they made 24 teams mm-hmm. to build their own behavioral uh, data science uh, project and uh, and so the fact that people are no it's, it's it's something that it's more familiar to them the fact that and it's not something that seems far away from what they're doing and and and, uh, and and you further the understanding and i think that's that has the that has been the game changer for us that is incredible that is a such an excellent initiative um for to to create more uh buy-in and more awareness and more ideas to come in from all parts of the organization uh the yeah getting getting people um to understand more about what what data science can do, it's it's a, it's a big hurdle, but uh, in generally, but this sounds like an excellent way to democratize that knowledge. Um, yeah, so impressed. We have a few. And, oh, sorry, and and I was going to tell you, and and something that I think it's and probably that's for the benefit of the audience. Yeah, something that I that has been very also useful for us is. Uh, uh, establishing academic partnerships with uh, professors in different fields that has mm. that have helped us also to further our own understanding of the data science because it's not as this is something that it's evolving so fast that you need to be constantly learning and, and adapting yourself. So in that sense, as I said, we have partnerships with Duke University, Harvard, uh, Carnegie Mellon, uh, MIT, and uh, and uh, UCSD, University of California, San Diego. Mm-hmm. There's something uh, we are with the University of Chicago, and 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 so that's something that you have your own talent within the company, but uh, but it's something that can be uh, 
you can grow on that uh, partnering with the right people. Amazing, and those those partnerships they're obviously world class. Um, so that yeah, that really is a is a huge testament to the to the work that you're doing, and and I can see how you're you know bringing in the the as you said the best brains best brains um that that are available. That's that is excellent. We have we have some questions from the audience. Um, so thanks thanks everyone for putting your questions in through the the Q and A section. We'll start going through some of them. Uh, the first one is from Lucas, who says, uh, "I love the split between the types of project, the types of projects. What is the current split between the three types of projects between cost saving, revenue generating? Um, I thought the other type of project was uh, reducing risk, um, but he thought that it was maintenance. Um, and so, yeah, could you could you let us know what what is the the third type of project and what are some some examples of each?" Sure. You have uh, basically have cost-cutting projects, and that accounts for about 10% of the, the profits I generated last year. Then mm -hmm. uh, you have uh, revenue-generating projects, and, uh, and I, I will explain what, what it's some examples of each. And then you have like internal consultancy projects. Mm -hmm. For example, mm -hmm. you might, with the first, and, and, uh, and that's the remaining 5%. Mm -hmm. So 10, 85, five. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, the consultancy projects are good because it, 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 they help to improve the, you're, you're a good corporate citizen and mm. it helps the, the company to improve their decision-making processes. And they can be a lead that for uh, mm -hmm. eventually for revenue generating or cost cutting projects. So the, the, for example, consultant internal consultancy project might be something like, well, we, we, uh, a couple of years ago, we, we bought a bank and, uh, and uh, there were some questions if uh, uh, there was a risk to be uh, uh, dominant in some markets with that purchase. So uh, we were the best fitted to, uh, to make that analysis and understand if, 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 that, if that would be a, a problem with the, the competition uh, agency. Mm. And, uh, and or another type of, of that type of projects might be uh, you know it's it it might be quite varied on uh, on uh, on different issues that probably the company needs to uh, to go deeper on the data and and it's it's not that clear what's what's the bottom line on that. For example, you needed uh, we have a, a large. Uh, a large portfolio on of loans to governments so uh, you need to understand if there's in an election process if there are going to be risks and and some of the things that you might be doing is to to have an under in a contested election if uh, uh, what's the opinion on uh, who's going to win and that's something mm -hmm. kind of like in the extreme of what that data science team might be doing but it's something that it will help the organization to understand what might look like the, the future. A very cool project like consultancy. We are through. We're going through the pandemic, and uh, you need to understand how faster the, the economy is going to recover. Mm. And suddenly, the macro macro indicators are lagging by a couple of months. Mm. 
So you want to have real time uh, a real time reading on on how you're tracking the economy. So we developed indicators on on how on the spend of the families on uh, on jobs on how much time people are spending out of of, of their homes, and and we built like also like a very precise it's. Uh, uh, indicator on uh, on uh, the monthly GDP estimate that the uh, NIS publishes, mm-hmm. and it turns out that since we're using uh, uh, AI techniques and uh, data set transactional data sets from from the bank, it turns out that we have beaten all the professional forecasters uh, in the market since yeah. since we've been doing it for about eight months. So that's type of consultancy. And, 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 you know, how, how do you put a price on having a very good estimate of GDP? Well, it, it really helps the, the organization having this window of a couple of months to understand uh, where the economy is going and uh, how, how it should uh, undertake risks. But it's very difficult to put a price, but the hours that we put on the, into the project. Then you have uh, a lot of projects that have, have to do with, uh, for example, uh, uh, Cutting costs, and I said those are like reducing risks. And uh, I, I gave an example: uh, reducing operational costs and uh, optimizing financial costs. And those are quite evident the things that you can do doing there. And on on the revenue generation, we we're working right now with almost all the verticals within the financial groups and the financial groups, and that entails retail, wholesale, international. Um, um, the insurance company, the pension company, the, uh, the the asset management company. We're also working with some stuff areas like uh, fraud, uh, human resources, and uh, and 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 the way that we we do that is that uh, if uh, if we we as I said we are est- estimating the the effect on the lifetime value, mm-hmm. and uh, and that can be for example enhancing. You're uh, moving one customer from a low lifetime bucket to a higher lifetime bucket uh, uh, segment. Mm. And uh, how do you do that? And that might be because you can develop the, you, you develop the business relationship with a customer by either three types of, 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 of strategies, either extending the, the the time that he the survival rate of the customer, how much time he spends with you, uh, doing business with you, how much business he's doing with the product that he has. So if he has a credit card and he's using your card and another card, you want to uh, to the customer to favor your card with respect to the that of the competitor. So they they're using much more your product. And and the third way is by, by the customer to uh, having more products with you. So mm-hmm. if he has a credit card, now he has also uh, an insurance policy or mm-hmm. something like that. So that's that's the way that we are two type of projects. Phenomenal. That is a really great framework to to focus the analytics um, capability, the team, but also to to interact with the business. Um, that that is awesome. Um, I think re- related to, to your answer, we have um, a question from Jose Carlos, and he says, uh, regarding data science applications in the banking industry, 
what do you think will be a game changer in 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 the industry? So in applying data science in in banking. So he says obviously there's there's um. Um, a lot of applications that include fraud detection, credit scoring, uh, things like that. But um, what do you think would be a, a game changer in the industry? I, I think, you know, it, it might be a bit trite, but, uh, but the game changer, I think, is the digitization of the customer. Mm. And uh, with the digitization of the customer that he's able to do, uh, to bank 24 hours, seven days, and and that and the the expectations of the customer are suddenly shorter. Mm. You, you know, in the in, in the time that they expect a, to, to, uh, a response, and the knowledge that they expect the company has on them. So I think that's the that's the the the, the true big changer. And uh, and so a lot of things that you can do to. Uh, to engage more actively the, the customer in the in the usage of your your mobile app, it's something that it's very relevant. Mm. There are a lot of things that have been uh, that have you know they, they, there are a lot of things that you know suddenly the industry thinks that something it's it works and 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 and, and, and suddenly not because what you want to do is if you really want to, if you really believe. In uh, increasing the lifetime value of your customers, mm. and what that means is that the value of the, the way that I think is that the value of the company is nothing else but the sum of those lifetime values. That's that's what the company is worth. Mm-hmm. So that's and uh, and uh, and the way that it becomes it makes sense is that it makes sense for everyone, especially for the customer in the sense that he becomes financially stronger through time mm. by being your customer. So you, you really want to be, uh, to advise that customer on, uh, on how he can become financially stronger. And, uh, and, and through the, the digitization, you are much, much more able to do it and to, uh, to make that customer understand how, uh, how to save more for tomorrow, how uh, not uh, end up not paying uh, their bills and uh, being on the credit bureau with the negative uh, marks. And so that's, I, I think that's uh, to really, uh, the, the, the big challenge for banks is, is really to serve much better their customers and, and to help them uh, become financially stronger. And I think that every time we have the technology and the, the brain power to do that. That's great. And, and that's, a, that's a really uh, fantastic aim of, of helping the, the customer be uh, financially stronger and, and, and more successful and that they get there by being a customer of your organization. That is awesome. And we have a, a related question from, from Anne. Uh, this she, said, she says, this sounds um, incredible. And she wanted to ask about applications of analytics in, in customer experience. So very, very related. Um, and yeah, either how are the, um, what, type of, what type of initiatives do you have in, in that space and, um, and what do they look like? That's, that's a great question for men. And uh, uh, when we started this journey, we didn't have metrics of uh, customer satisfaction. And it's been some time through, through uh, the success that we had allowed us to uh, to start uh, 
gathering, making those, again, it's having the data and uh, to, to, to build that data set on, uh, on, uh, on customer satisfaction. Specifically, we are measuring the net, net promoter score. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the cool thing that we are doing is that uh, we are using those, uh, those metrics to understand what is, uh, I guess, it's not only to measure if the customers are happy or not, but the change is when you start to measure and say, well, the cost of, a custom, of, a, of an angry customer is such and so you have you you understand much better uh, what is uh, what is the cost for for not being able to satisfy your customers, and and uh, through analytics we we measured those those what's the cost of those of, of that uh, insatisfaction. We've also measured what's how you can improve the the customer satisfaction, and we made different uh, different uh, interventions to try that. One of the coolest ones that I that I like very much is, for example, uh, the usage of, of uh, uh, and in something that has changed the view of, of the way that I think that we we need to uh, interact with the customers is that uh, should you be how transactional you should be with the customer? Mm. Would the bank would only give you a certain uh, gift if you do something that I want, or, or is mm. it much better? If I give you a gift and then expect you to do what I want, and I, for example, I've, I've done some very cool experiments that I, I found uh, that uh, that reciprocity has uh, a, a, a tremendous power in in changing the nature of the business relationship with the customer. You can also try, for example, regarding customer experience. Once you have someone that it's not satisfied with your service, how you should ask for forgiveness? Mm. That's you know that's that's an empirical question. Yeah. That's something that you can test, and, and there are different ways on how you should ask, and there are different ways that you should approach uh, people by by age, gender, wealth on on how you should be asking uh, as, as, asking to be forgiven. And and should you ask to be forgiven if you're going to mess up again? You know yeah. there, there there are a lot of interesting questions that you can have there, and and uh, and once you have set up a, a data science team and, and this uh, experimental uh, machine, then you can mm-hmm. you know the, you, there are a bunch of questions that that uh, that arises on on customer experience that are very relevant. That is impressive. Um, yeah, and I love I love the the empirical. Uh, approach across the board so to every customer interaction to every intervention every offer um, everything can be can be measured um, that is great and uh, so so related to the customer experience question we have a, a question from Ugo who says have you done analytics uh, with millennial spending models um, and uh, it, it says that Oh, it seems like it's it's uh, an area that that is getting a lot of attention and, and maybe a lot of competition in the market. Um, and the the question is um, is is the analytics area focused on on uh, millennials um, to help capture and grow this market? We don't have a specific focus on millennials. The focus so far is that we have. Uh, use the customer lifetime value to segment our customer base. Mm. 
And, uh, and from there, we have different segments. Then we have different clusters depending and, and different archetypes that, uh, and, and we end up uh, kind of like designing specific triggers for, for different kind of like mini clusters. Mm. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's, you know, there, there are relevant, there are relevant problems with millennials and there are also relevant, you know, each, each group has its own challenges and, uh, and, uh, and there are things that are, that people respond much more to, uh, to, you know, different age cohorts to respond to, to different uh, interventions differently. And, 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 uh, and we kind of like try to, what we have tried to do is to have a built a behavioral map mm. of all our customers and, and, and that, uh, but that's not, focused especially on millennials and millennials are included, but there's not a specific thing that we're doing for them and not for, for everybody else. Yeah. That's great because through, through um, the, the person's behaviors, then um, they essentially the interventions are presented to them uh, with different offers and they could be a, a millennial that may have the same behavior as a, you know, as a 40 year old or a millennial that has the same behavior as a 60 year old. And if their behaviors are the same, then their, their paths will be the, the same. Uh, is that right? Yeah. There's, there's, there tends to be like similarities within age cohorts, but, but then you can be much more granular at, in some sense. And that's what we try to do to ideally to, to have a much more, personalized relationship with the, with the customers. That is fantastic. Um, and uh, we'll squeeze in uh, one, one more question, which is from Tim uh, that says, if you could wave a magic wand and significantly improve the data science technology available, um, what, what would be the, the technological improvement you would make? I think uh, it's data preparation. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's uh, uh, that's a lot of the, the a lot of the, the difficulties are there, and uh, and it's it's a hard and probably not that recognized job. Everybody wants to look at the sexy sexy stuff, but uh, but that's where where a lot of the pain is. Right, so much pain, so much time spent <laughs> there, um, so much yeah education that we could do. I oh, I completely agree. Um, so I I know that we have a a couple of questions that are that are uh, have gone unanswered. Um, one of them is asking about about manufacturing, and there's definitely a lot of a lot of analytics that can be done in manufacturing. Um, and we we have a, we have other episodes that are focused on manufacturing. Um, the approaches are more around optimization, so digitizing the manufacturing plants and then running AI to optimize it. And then the problem is getting people to to um, to take on the advice from the AI. But uh, our guests have discussed really great approaches for that. Uh, we had a question from Raj uh, about um, gaining experience in the financial industry, um, and definitely time will help get experience across different projects, but there are certain roles that will expose, expose you to more things quicker. Um, and some of the roles, like uh, Jose was saying, with an internal consultancy type model, definitely gets you uh, more, more visibility across areas quickly. 
And then the, the last one was about education, transferring data studies from finance to education. Any common threads? I think, um, as, as Jose was saying, being able to digitize uh, your customer journey allows you a lot more flexibility to, to apply these techniques. And I know that's, that's something that is happening in education, but it definitely is an area that needs a lot more human touch. And we do have other episodes from, uh, with people from the education sector. Um, so please uh, look, look those up and we have some, some other ones coming up. Jose, I am so impressed. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for, for sharing your time, your experience, your insights, your perspectives. Uh, I, like the, the, work, the work that you've done is, is literally what, what I would expect from a, from a top tier global technology company. Um, and and it's, what you've done at Banorte is something that I thought had been done in like two companies in the world, maybe like Amazon and, or like Google and Facebook is, was, was my, my guess. Um, so what you've done is amazing. And, and uh, the, um, the, the success uh, that you've had and, and the impact that you and your team have been able to create in the organization is, is, um, is recognizable. Like it, is, it, it was a path that was um, very well charted and I'm, I'm so impressed by everything that you've done. So thank you so much uh, for taking the time to enlighten us and to share all that with us. Thank you for having me, Felipe. It was great uh, talking to you. Muchas gracias. Uh, I really love to be with a, a fellow Chilean. Uh, although I'm Mexican, uh, I told you, I, I feel that I have a part of my heart uh, from Chile. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks everyone to the, everyone in the audience who joined the webinar. Um, let us know your feedback. The, the episode is going to be posted on YouTube and on the podcast. Uh, so get it every, anywhere you, you get your podcasts, uh, any app that you use. Data Futurology is there. Jose, thank you again. Thanks everyone who joined live. Muchas gracias, Jose. Que esté muy bien. Everybody take care. Talk to you soon. Ciao. Adios. That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. Please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram as datafuturology. Also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.